What's good, family? My name is Trevor B. Post, and then we back another again with another episode from Hood to Hope. Um, this episode, I wanted to talk about relationships this week. I wanted to talk about um, toxic relationships and how God views toxic relationships and things like that, but <laughs> society and everything else is putting a lot of other things um, on my heart this week. And I want to talk about um, our equalness in Christ. I want to talk about how we're all created in the image of God and therefore we're perfect. And I know I said it a lot last week, but it's really, it really has to show now. Um, I want to talk about why our, our African-American sister, brothers and sisters' lives matter. Why? Why, how Jesus reviewed them. I want to talk about how to really step out of your shell if you're caught up in the shell of racism or you're blinded by the ideal of where you grew up or you're blinded by any type of outside pressure that doesn't make you see that way. Because this is not a, this is not turned into a, a police matter. This is not turned into a, a, a logistic a logistic matter. This is turned into a godly matter. This is this is why as a church and as a believer in Jesus we should stand up and while our brothers and sisters are getting persecuted just like Christ was getting persecuted, this is why we should stand up and fight um for to make a difference. To make sure that they're seen equal because Jesus would have. Jesus came on this earth to make sure that that we had a reason to live, that we had a way to get to heaven. So it's only our duty to to really to really stand up for our brothers and sisters and it's time to educate people that the uneducated, to educate the uneducated, to to have them them conversations with our children if we have children, to have them conversations with people in our neighborhood to have conversations with the old lady at the grocery store that didn't grow up in our era and doesn't really understand why black lives matter because it breaks my heart it breaks my heart in two as a as a white man that was grew up in a black household my parents are black as a white man that's joined a black organization that that stands next to my brothers my my brothers are black. My sister's black. I've, my family is predominantly African American. It breaks my heart that they, that we have, that they have that fear of getting stopped by the police. That they have that fear when they walk into the grocery store. That they have to put their backpack down when they walk into a Walmart. I've seen it and I believe it, and it's it's sad because as a white man, I don't struggle with that. And I'm aware of it. I'm aware of my privilege. I'm aware of my obligations to make sure that I educate the people because I don't want my children to grow up in this. Nobody should want their children to grow up with this. And as Christians, we're called to make a difference. We're called to fight for the people that don't have no voices. Jesus did. He ate with sinners and tax collectors. Sinners and tax collectors. And as we dive into Scripture, it's crazy how much we we need to be like Jesus during a time like this. It's crazy how much we need to stand up and make a difference. Stand up and truly do what we're called to do as Christians and and fight. 
and fight for the rights of these people. You know, I'm a religious studies major in college. Um, and we talk about a lot in my classes. We talk about a lot of how Jewish people are less than 1% of the population during history. And we talk about how Christians are less than 1% and they was persecuted for being Christians because they didn't, they didn't praise the Emperor Caesar. They, they got persecuted for praising Jesus. And we want to talk about how the differences in the minorities and, and things like that. It's the same with African Americans. I'm not saying African Americans are getting persecuted for praising Jesus, but they're getting killed. And they're the minority. History repeats itself if you allow it to. My brother, my friends, bro, history repeats itself if you allow it to. <laughs> Emmett Till, Trayvon Martin, say a name, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd. History repeats itself if you make it, if you allow it to repeat itself. You know why history keeps repeating itself? Because we're not uh, we're not uniting change. We're not united change. My Dr. King said he had a dream. He had a dream, bro, that one day that his his little black boys and girls would be able to play with little white boys and girls. Yeah, I understand that. We could do that today, and we do do that today. But when that little black boy and that little girl grows up, and that little white boy and that little white girl grows up. What my biggest question going into this, and and I'm at the point where like I'm so frustrated that I might begin to rant at this podcast, and I want to apologize in advance. But my biggest frustration with this is what, where, in Doctor King, if if Doctor Martin Luther King dream is true, and it is, where in society does that little white boy or that little white girl? Grow up and learn to kill the little black boy and the little black girl. Where? Why? By who is teaching this? Is it the school system? What? I don't have the answers, but I, I'd be damned if I don't talk about it. It's crazy. It's really crazy and it's really heartbreaking. Because I come from a city where you tell everybody to be safe. But I especially had to tell my African-American friends to be safe. I have to tell my brother before he leaves the house, like, hey, make good decisions, bro. Because it's not fair. This world is not fair on the minority person. It's never been fair on the minority person. It wasn't fair on the Christians. They was less than 1% of the population. It wasn't fair on the Jewish people. The Jewish people got enslaved by the apes-baked pies get rewarded. Assyrians, Babylonians. Greeks, Persians, and Romans. By five types of people. It was murdered, killed, massacred. And it's the same thing that's happening today. And I don't understand why. And I, I just, I, I don't get it. Uh, it breaks my heart to imagine my my brothers, my sister, having to teach their kids at eight, seven, six years old. They get stopped by the police, just raise your hands. And don't say nothing because if you you look suspicious because of the color of your skin, just because you have a little pixel in your skin makes you look scary to society. And as a white man, as a person, as a Christian, as a as a sigma, as whatever hat you want to put on me, it breaks my heart. 
it breaks my heart. It makes my anxiety go through the roof. It makes my depression want to crumble up and lay in bed all day. It breaks my heart, and it should break yours, too. They persecuted Jesus the same way that culture is persecuting black people. As a white person and just living in America, we consume black culture. Um, I read a book. I'm reading a book, actually, for a Bible study that we're doing at church. It's called Woke Church by Eric Mason. And in this, that's a real good quote. And it made sense to me. I never really thought of it this way um, about society and culture and anything like that. And I've never thought about it. I'm going to read it to you. Um, it's Once again, it's Woke Church by Eric Mason. Eric Mason is a black pastor um, in a church. I'm trying to figure out where he is, where he's from. I'm sorry. Um, but he's a black pastor in a church. And he wrote this He wrote, wrote this book to really enlighten um, white Christians about the ideas of how racism is still alive and persecution is still alive in society and the church. Um, woke church. Um, you could. It's a good book, bro. I only read one chapter so far, and I'm already ate up into it. Like, I, I don't want to put it down. Um, let me read this quote for you. Um, on one of my favorite shows, there was an interview that Oprah did with a rapper and a businessman, Jay-Z. Jay-Z, Mr. Icon, millionaire. You know the beats on it? You know, Jay. She asked Jay-Z for his perspective on race, and as he began to talk, I found myself feeling convicted. He said that hip-hop through the through its music and its culture, had had more impact on race relations than any figure or any attire other than Martin Luther King Jr. and the Civil Rights Movement. I know it sounds far-fetched, but listen listen to him out. He talked about how whites and blacks could come together in the club, even though they might not get together out the club. They gathered around the musical and the cultural form and find solace and being able to talk about things they wouldn't normally talk about. Hip-hop them hip-hop helped them to start talking with one another and even to begin building relationships we consume culture we consume black culture white people in america consume black culture it's facts your favorite athlete's probably black you probably wear jordans and if you you probably listen to you probably like one some sort of rap song no matter where you're from it, you, you're probably consuming black culture in some way and my biggest question for this podcast is how how can we consume black culture as white people but we can't save black lives when it matters how can we call ourselves Christians? How can we go to church on Sunday morning? How can we go to church on Wednesday night? How can we wear the Christian church with the Bible verses on it? How can we go to mission trips on Africa and Africa? How can we do these magnum, like these multiple type of things, this world godly type ideals and live this life and say, I'm a follower of Jesus. I walk with, I walk like Christ. I attempt to walk like Christ. I attempt to talk like Christ. I attempt to act like Christ. I want to be like Christ. And we sit around and we watch these 
watch our brothers and sisters. That God, let me remind you again, because I can't stress this enough, that God created equal. They are made in the image of God, so therefore they're perfect. How can we sit around and listen to this and talk and, and consume black culture and put that label as Christians across our chest if we were silent when it matters? We're silent. You know, I never thought about it like this. And as I'm talking, I'm realizing that if you're silent in a time like this, you're no better than the crowd of people that watch Jesus carry his cross. The people that turned on him. But you know what the great thing about Jesus is? And the great thing about being a Christian and the great thing about being a person in America in 2020? There's always room for growth. There's always room for change. Just because your grandfather's racist, just because your grandmother's racist, just because your uncle's racist, just because your father's racist, just because your mother hates black people, doesn't mean you have to hate black people. Doesn't mean your your daughter, your son, your grandson, your granddaughter has to hate black people. If you wear the label Christian across your chest, and you go to church on Sunday morning and you sing Reckless Love and you sing In Christ Alone and you go to church and you, you praise God and you go to these weekly Bible studies and you hang out with these Christians on a daily basis, you have you have an obligation. Like, it's as simple as that, bro. Like, you have an obligation. I'm tired. You should be tired. You should be frustrated. You should be angry at the world right now. And we're not going to talk about politics. We're going to talk about people. Because you should be upset. You should be so mad that you, your blood boils, that you lose sleep at night. Because your brothers and sisters in Christ, the people God created in his image is getting killed. It's getting wrongly justified. Been getting killed. For being, for having, for being a little darker, bro. For having pics on their skin. Uh, as a man, <laughs> it breaks my heart, bro. It, it truly makes me sad. The Bible tells us in Romans, one second, let me pull it up. I'm sorry that I'm unprepared. I'm using my phone. And, but the Bible tells us in Romans 5, I always go back to this. Therefore, since Romans 5, 1, um, therefore, since we're justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand. And we boast, we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, 
and endurance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. To my black friends, to my black brothers, to my black sisters, to, to everyone in the black community that listen to this, I'm going to say it again. Also, boast in our sufferings, knowing that sufferings produces endurance. And endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. For while we still weep, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. I know you're tired. I'd be exhausted. I am exhausted. I'm tired of seeing it. I'm tired of my people doing this to your people. But God, God's going to put you, get you through this. God is the only person that's going to make a change with this. Jesus died for you. If Jesus didn't die for anybody, he died for y'all. The people that are getting persecuted. The Bible also says, those who will be first will be last, and those who will last be first. And our country has been putting black people in the back forever. Since, since Rosa Parks and them. I just want to tell y'all, as we end this podcast, that I love y'all. I love my black mother that raised me because my white parents couldn't. I love my black father that taught me character. I love my black brother to teach me how to conduct business, how to be a better man. Uh, that taught me how to tie tie. It was there for me when no one was there. I love my black friends that I talk to on a daily basis. Uh, I love y'all. My life would not be the same without black culture. And as white Christians, we were obligated to stand up and educate people. We're obligated to use our privilege. And I want y'all to use our privilege this week. That's my challenge for y'all this week. My challenge is for y'all is for the white Christians. It's for the white people. Use your privilege. Use your privilege to educate somebody. Have them tough conversations that nobody wants to have. That your granny don't want to talk about while sitting on, while sitting at the kitchen table. That your uncle don't want to talk about while he drank. Why your mom don't want to talk about before she goes to the grocery store. Have them conversations. And tell them that they made in the image of God and why you're in the church on Sunday if you're not going to see it that way. Why are you reading the scripture 2,000 years ago, written 2,000 years ago, and you persecuted people for 400 years plus? 400 years plus. The scripture was written 2,000 years ago. That's a, 16, that's a 1,600 difference. Bro, it's time to make a change as a church. We have to. It's time to make a change as a people. And I don't care if nobody listens to this. I don't care if a white person gets mad. I don't care if my white friends text me and be like, oh, you snapped. Because I'm snapping. Because I'm snapping for my mother. I'm snapping for my brothers. I'm snapping for 
a reason. I'm snapping for Jesus because Jesus would have said the same thing. We got to make a difference. We have to. I love you. Man, I love you. I'm praying for you. If you need anything, reach out. Please. Y'all have a blessed one.